Hey. Hola, señor. Hola, his daughter. Something, something, something. Now hit me with something really hard in my face. <laughs> I, I still don't get what that is. All I know is I laugh every time that girl gets hit in the face with a pillow or something. I, I don't know what she's parroting. It's just funny to watch her get smacked in anger by somebody. Uh, it's Dora the no Explorer. It's Dora the Explorer. Is that what Back, that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when, uh, if you want, why would you watch the cartoon? But yeah. back when Eloise was uh, pretty fluent in Spanish, she would watch it all the time because it's it's, it's a tool to learn Spanish. Okay. Anyway, she'll ask a question, the cartoon, and then she'd wait for you to answer. And while she's waiting for you to answer, there's like about a 10 second lag where she's just staring into the screen waiting for you to answer before she answers Mm -hmm. so that woman is doing like an impression of dora but it's super annoying when you're just standing there staring because i used to watch them with her because you know she was learning and i just you know sit with her and uh she was (laughs) but she was just she'd ask the question in spanish and just stare at you like Hello, you know. <laughs> so Are you there? Yeah, so that's what that's what she's meant. She's uh parroting. Now, here's something that I found out yesterday on a funny note. I was talking to my mother yesterday, and my mother and I we were just talking about nothing. And she said, Do you remember when you were seven years old and you pranked 911? And I was like, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Oh wow. You, you pranked 911 when you were seven. I was like, no, I didn't. She's like, Marcel, you called them like four times, maybe five, with stupid jokes like, you know, your refrigerator is running, you better go catch it, dumb stuff like that. And three police officers came to the door and you looked guilty as sin and they had to, you know, tell you they can't do that, you know, because you're only seven. So, you know, you weren't going to get in any trouble. You know, and all that stuff. And I was like, well, the other reason why I didn't get in trouble, Mom, is you got to remember 911 was fairly new at the time. She's like, no, it's not. 911's been around since the 50s. I was like, Mom, in the 50s, they still had switchboards. There was no 911 was the late 60s at the earliest. And she looked it up after telling me I was wrong like 15 times. 1968, when 911 came around. And I'm like, I tried to tell you, it's new, but it's newer, but it's not as old as you think. You know, and it, not all 50 states had it right right away. That was only, I think it was like 11 states to start. And then yeah. it was like, you know, they grew as the years moved on. But yeah, some states, I mean, we, in you, even in like ninth, as late as 1980, not all 50 states had 911. Right. How crazy is that? I know. You still had to either dial the full number for the police fire medical or you had to dial zero connect to an operator and they then they would connect you using a literal switchboard and the only, every time i think of switchboard i think of uh lily tomlin's saturday night live skit where she's at the where she's pulling things out of the thing or uh john wick you know when they're at the switchboard for the uh, contracts you know what i'm talking about uh-huh. yeah, yeah I, that's all i think about but you know she said you did it i told my brother i was like do you believe i did that he without hesitation he's like yep i believe you did it why would you wow. say it so fast man because I know you, you, you did it. I yeah, know you did. I, I'm gonna have to agree with your brother on this one. I, I yeah, I could totally see you doing some shit like that. I hate all. I could totally see you doing some shit like that. Shut up! I hate all of you. I did not do that. Damn it! You absolutely did it. She says. I, look, don't I could see, do? I could see you doing something like that ten years ago. 
<laughs> well, honestly, if I didn't think I'd get in trouble, I might have. I mean, just, and and the thing is, my mother was like, "You didn't do it to be a to be a jerk. You just didn't understand how important nine one one was." And I don't think any of us really did because, like I said, after she realized how new it was, she 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 kind of changed up a little bit. It was like, "Yeah," because it was so new, you didn't understand that it that how vital it is. Because you see people abuse it even to this day. You know, oh, they yeah. don't prank it, but they abuse it. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, like I see a black guy or a Hispanic guy walking down the street. Get somebody here quickly. What are they doing? Well, they're walking. Uh, before I met Heather, before I met Heather, I briefly dated a nine one one operator, mm. and she told me some crazy stories. One guy called once because he was arguing with his wife, and she wouldn't she wouldn't leave his man cave and go to another part of the house. And he called nine one one about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was like, you think that shit's a joke, but people are that stupid. No, but since I... we're in the topic of, since this is Blackner Radio, by the way, hello, I was Blackner Radio. I'm Damon. That's Marcel, yep. and uh, another now, one of before, the famous go, cold opens. I wanted to tell you about my nine one one experience because I my aunt ran a nine one one dispatch center. Oh really? Uh, yeah, she ran an entire center, which was a bomb shelter at the time. They're in a new place now, but it was literally underground in a bomb shelter, and she ran it. And I got a chance to uh, sit in uh, for uh, some calls when I was in my criminal justice, wanting to be a cop phase when I was like 18, 19 years old. Me too. I didn't know you had that same phase. I took some classes. You too? Yeah. Did you go on ride-alongs I, too? I didn't go on ride-alongs yet. I didn't get to that point. What? what yeah, I, I, I went in high school. I took all the required classes early in high school that they said would kind of leapfrog me into some certain programs. And uh, one of my, one, a guy that I was all, you know, I took law and justice and all these classes. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, one of the guy I was in school with, his brother was a cop and he was going to be a cop too. His mom gave me like, you know, cause you have to buy all your own shit, like your belt and all that stuff. You got to pay for that. Anyway, she gave me all her her sons because her son had a couple extra. So his younger brother had one, and she gave me like a, the belt and this, you know, just stuff that I would I would need. Right. And then uh, a friend of a friend was talking about it who was black, and I was asking him about it. And he's like, if uh, he he was very discouraging. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I I think I'm gonna quit. Actually, he's like, it's so racist and. Oh God. He's like, it's just fucking terrible. He's like, I get it. I thought I could get in to like change things. And it's mm -mm. like, it's just terrible. It's like, it's a fight I don't want to do. And it really discouraged me. So yeah, I decided that... I didn't want to do it. Sorry, I didn't mean See... to interrupt your story. Just oh, no, I no, 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 no. That's just sorry. over all the years of us doing this. I didn't know that about you. And really? I, I, the exact same thing. I was, yeah. I thought I was going to be a cop too. I really school, did. I and I on... changed my mind. Yeah, I went on ride-alongs. Uh, I saw one of my friends uh, who got shot in the stomach on one of my ride-alongs, and there was a forty-five Magnum. You don't ever want to see that, boy. That's oh, that'll boo. That was all guts that was apart. A, yeah, it looked like a little octopus hand arms were coming out of his stomach. You know, it was pretty awful. Uh, he died like a couple hours later, obviously. Um, and then uh, I told you about the guy, uh, Action Jackson who uh, I had to pull the shotgun on a bunch of Mexicans. I was I, I, I would have shot if he had told me to shoot the shotgun. Now, this is the kind of shit that can never, that will never happen again. You know, but these were the rip-roaring late, late 80s, early 90s. So anything right. goes, you know, he, he told me when we got to the place, he said, this button releases the shotgun, it's loaded. All you got to do is cock it like they do in the movies and then get ready to shoot. And I was like, 
is this police officer telling me to shoot this gun? What is happening here? And he's like, you better do what I tell you to do. I was like, yes, sir. All right, like, whatever. Now I'm 18. I He told me what to do, so I did it. He comes, he goes in. I hear him go, y'all better back the fuck up. And he starts backing up. And it looked like Mexicans coming out of a clown car, just one after another, these little midget Mexicans coming out after him. And I cocked the shotgun, you know, and I put it on the, uh, on, on the door. Because I had seen it in the movies. I had no idea what that was going to do. I don't know why I did that, but I just saw a movie character do that. So I, I put it on the door, on the door, and he said, see that guy down there? He's a fucking surgeon with that gun. He'll kill all of you. And I'm like, uh, I haven't fired this thing ever, so uh, please don't let me have to shoot this. Please don't let me have to shoot this. And they all went down to the ground. He started cuffing them. And then other cops came, and no one got a write-up. No one got talked to. Nothing. Of course and, not. No, a civilian had a police gun and was going to shoot somebody. How the hell would that have played if I had oh. tried to kill somebody? What would that? How would how would you? How do you play that? Because I would have shot them. Because I he told me to. I was like, well, if he tells me to fire it, I'm going to shoot. That's bonkers. Yeah, and the nine one one when I went there, um, I heard all these weird calls, but the one that sticks out in my mind most, this lady called. And she was screaming that her husband is going to kill her. And this is the reason why I, I'll tell you, I'll say, I'll preface the story by saying this. I couldn't work 911, but not for the reasons that you think. She, she's screaming, he's coming, you know, and, and then you hear all these, you just hear this bam, bam, bam on the door. He's at the door, I'm in the bedroom and he's coming in. And he's like, you could hear him go, bitch, if you don't come the fuck out of here, hurry, you got to get here. So the lady I'm with is like typing furiously, trying to get the addresses and everything, typing, typing, typing. And then you just hear this loud bang. And the last thing you hear is, he's here, he's in the room. And then you just hear her scream and then just, mm. and I'm like, oh God, did he kill her? I think I drove that lady crazy because I kept asking her, did he kill her? I needed closure. That's why I couldn't do it because my whole day would be spent on calls like that, wondering what happened. How how did that call end? You know, are they dead? Are they alive? Are they in the hospital? What happened? What happened? Well, you're never gonna know. Damn it! I need to know. I I I I I, I, I never did find out if he killed her or not. I'm assuming he did. Does it sounded like he did? Wow. You know, you know uh, my brother got a call and another 911 operator at the same time got another call like this that same night, but I didn't hear it. Uh, where. A guy said, there's a dead body here. You need to come get it. And they gave the address. And it was the guy. He blew his brains out. He just didn't want to be left out there unfound. And my brother found him there. Like, oh, well, there he is. You know, shotgun to the face. So you know, there was nothing left of his dome. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And just found him there. And this is this is the thing. It's like 911 is one of the most stressful jobs in, in the entire country. Unless, unless you're like me. Because I just don't give a crap enough to care but i would want to know the conclusion and that's why i couldn't do it I, the stress wouldn't bother me you know i could i could handle getting people where they need to go and all that that's not a big deal but it would be the the the, the lack of a conclusion that would drive me nuts and make me quit now being a cop you got discouraged i did too in the sense that i knew what kind of person i was at the time I was that, I was a black power, blacker than black dude who that if I had to put on that badge and gun at 1920, my arrest record would have been 99% white folks and 1% everybody else. I'd have been finding <laughs> excuses to let black folks go. 
I'd have been telling other officers, you need to let this brother go. Even if I'm a Trump trainer, I'd be like, no, nah, I don't think he did anything, man. Think, let, me, let me talk to him. And I'd be letting them go. I'd be arresting all the Amy's and the Peters and the Cody's and the Zach's. Every time I ran into them, they, they'd be cuffed. It's just, I'm just telling you, that's who I was. And I told my dad that it's like, you know, you won't last doing that. I said, I, I said, you sure? He's like, you won't last. No. He said, you probably shouldn't do it. He said, I understand why you want to do that. I get it. But that's not the right way to do it. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's just what they do to us. And I'm like, I know that's why I want to do it. I want them to feel the pain. You know, I want to kick in some white boy's door, have him lift off and me just take a baton and beat the crap out of him. That's why I didn't do it. Man. Because I didn't want to be, you know, uh, what was that cop's name who was dropping the N-bomb in the OJ trial? Oh, Man, uh, was it Van Adder? Was that his name? No, that's not trial. no, that's Ferguson. Fer- Ferguson, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Let's just say Ferguson. That sounds that sounds right. I would have been the polar opposite of him. You know, you know, brother could come up. I smell weed. I said, man, is that weed I smell? Yeah, man, I had a little bit. All right, man, come on, let's do some tests. Do spritey tests. All right, man, you look good, man. All right, go on home. Just give you a warning. Go on. Go on, man. You know, <laughs> this, next time I catch you, though, and white dude come up. It's like, ah, right, you're not an officer. Get out the car. Get out of the car now. <laughs> Get out fucking ID. Oh, it's Mark Furman. Mark Furman. Mark Furman. There it is. Yeah, Furman. You know, give me your ID. Well, oh, sir, I was just jaywalking. I don't. Are you resisting? He take the baton and start beating him. He's resisting. Stop. I resisting. fear for my life. Just start shooting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what a twenty-year-old me would have been doing, and oh, no. and it would have been absolutely one hundred percent wrong to do. It's just like the way they do it to us is wrong, and I just, I don't know. I just felt like I didn't want to. I just didn't want to go down that road, you know. I, I kind of wish I had, not because I would have wanted to do that stuff, but because being a cop is like, I didn't realize how much money they could make. You know, they act like they're underpaid, but they're not. You know, no, they're and not. They, well, maybe they are, but I don't think they are. I mean, a, a normal cop can make ninety thousand dollars a year with overtime and all that stuff. They can make ninety, hundred thousand dollars a year, and they're working overtime, and half the time they're not doing anything. You know, that's part of the reason why Antar said that's part of the reason why they show up to scenes, uh, you know, like a traffic stop. And you'll see four or five cop cars show up. It's not because they're trying to intimidate you. It's because they're bored out of their fucking minds and they got a call and it's near them. Oh, so see what's happening over here. And then they'll just drive over there. They're not there to intimidate. This is what he says. And I don't and I I, I won't call him a, a liar on that, you know, because, you know, it's my brother. and He, he wouldn't lie to me about that. Um, but. I get it that it's hard, but if you turn into one of these Mark Furmans, man, I would think that there should be a mechanism to where you just remove these guys from the force. You know, I told my brother there should be a 10-year window of you being able to do the job, and then you have to move on to some other part of police work. You can't be on the street anymore after 10 years. Yeah. Because you're just gonna do something stupid because you'll have you'll you'll come you'll you'll be you won't be in a good place because you see the worst of people every day, no matter what neighborhood you're in, you could be in the Hamptons and you're going to see Karens every day in the Hamptons and you're going to end up hating white women. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. You're going to see the worst of humanity and they should have deep psychological tests done to them every six months to a year. And that psychologist should have the ability to suspend them, you know, per therapy or whatever, 
And I think that would cut down on some of these interactions you see with them. You know, I really think it would really help the the the, the, the police, the Leos as a whole. You know. Well, All right. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. I just want to change it up a little bit. Um, oh, okay. Go ahead. The, uh, I was just thinking about uh, cops and why we both didn't want to be cops, but mm-hmm. like some of the some of our favorite movies are like cop movies that yeah. are g- actually good. All right, so give me uh, if you're going like- to do a film festival and your five cop films, your favorites that that Ooh. you want the the show, give me five cop led films uh that you're gonna put in your cop film festival okay uh let's do let's do one one and one okay so uh, i'll go uh, you want to go first no no go for it okay and this is gonna sound weird but i really was entertained by it and most people will probably disagree but clint eastwood and charlie sheen the rookie Oh, that's not a bad I movie. I really but... like that movie for some odd reason when I saw it. Like, this is entertaining. It's got action in it. It's fun. I enjoyed The Rookie a lot. Nice. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to go a different route okay. for my first cop film. I'm going to do... Mm, I'm going to do... Well, it's really cops and robbers, but I'm gonna do. But it talks about cops too in their lives. I'm gonna go with Heat. Mmm, a classic. Yeah, a big time classic. That's a good choice. I loved Heat. I mean, I I have never had anything bad to say about that movie. It was a bit. Only thing I can say is I thought it was a bit long. Yeah, I have but, to admit it was a little bit too long for me. But other than that, a plus movie. Dude. Yeah, it's a My- Michael Mann at his top of his game, in my opinion. Yeah. Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, you know, it was like, how do you get? Any, you can't get any better than that, really. I mean, they yeah. were, they were awesome. Val Kilmer was at the top of his game in that too. Yeah, you're everybody, right. everybody did good. Now, I, I'm, I'm not going to add this one, but I want to know if you remember. You remember the movie Blue Steel? Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis saw yeah. it in the theater. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's how old we are. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly how old we are. I was just, I just want to add that as kind of like a let's not forget because that was actually a decent movie. It was yeah, that was pretty decent, good. Decent cop drama. Um, and I, the next one I have to add, you know, I'd have to add Training Day. Uh, ah, that's a good one. That's yeah, good one. simply because I like the fact that for once you didn't see all cops as as good heroic. You know, and right. not over the top bad. You know, like uh, like like uh, what's it, what's that one? Uh, unlawful entry where uh, Ray Liotta was just over the top bad. I mean, that's just that was a little much the way. He or did. the one where Sam Jackson was a cop and he was just yeah. he was like mustache twirling. Lake Lakeview Terrace, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were over the top bad cops, and it's like, yeah, that even even the, even cops that bad don't wouldn't wouldn't be around. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But Training Day. Yeah, that was Denzel was was great as Denzel in that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my uh, I'm going a little uh, I'm going a little deep, hard in the paint with the nerd cop though. Uh, my second one, Blade Runner. Oh, not have expected Blade Runner, but that's a good one. I mean, it's a co- it's a it's a cop noir set in you know the future. Well, I think we're actually 
we're almost to the present. We're almost to the present for Blade yeah. Runner, yeah. Yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> Not quite, but we're almost there, Jack. <laughs> yeah, that's a good choice. I like that. Um, the other one, I think, and, well, I'll give another honorable mention. Uh, In the Heat of the Night, the movie. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, I'll give that as an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, but another one I'd put on there is, uh, and I, and I just like the one scene in the cowboy bar. I'm your worst nightmare. Oh, nigga 48 with a badge. hours. 48, 48 hours, man. Yeah. I'm a nigga with a badge. It's like, yeah, that is a lot of people's worst nightmare. I'm a nigga <laughs> with a badge. And that right there, buddy, I was like, yeah, that's that was a great one. Um, this one is kind of a obvious one because it shows like it's a classic. It shows like the incompetence of cops as well as some that rise to the occasion and that mm. some that have a small redemption. It's like it's got everything. Die Hard. Yeah, I was trying to avoid Die Hard because it's a cop film, but it's more of a um, a, a, a true action. How in the hell is well, here going to stay alive type thing? You know what I well, mean? Well, well, here, here. McLean is a cop who, mm-hmm. who, uh, who, you know, his the reason him and his wife broke up not because he had an infidelity or anything it's because he never listens to her no he, he finally uh when he finally just starts listening to people instead of talking over them all like what she accused him of in the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. he realized what's happening and he stays ahead one step ahead of the bad guys because he listens uh the incompetent cops cuz remember he didn't he wasn't like trying to be like uh this big um you know, because you think about it, I didn't even think I was going to wax poetic about Die Hard when I started this podcast, but now I'm thinking about it. Think about this isn't a time when there was Rambo yep. and and there's the Terminator and mm-hmm. Raw Deal with Schwarzenegger and and Steven Seagal, and you have this reluctant hero. He's the, remember in the beginning of Die Hard, all he's trying to do is get help, call call cops. Yeah, and he when, just wanted to and, relax. Yeah, he didn't want to do any of that shit he did. Nothing. And he had he had to shoot the cop car to get someone to respond because they no one they're incompetent. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, and then uh, you have uh, uh, what's his name the the Woodrow the the black cop. What's his name? In oh, the movie? Uh, uh, I, I think Reginald, Reginald Bell Johnson is his actual name, but I don't know his name in the movie. I think that's you talking about, right? Family Matters, Dad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was. Uh, Powell, he was Powell, mm-hmm. and uh, Sergeant Al Powell. I had to look it up real quick, but he was like, uh, you know, he had shot a kid, and he didn't want to. He took a yeah, a cushy yeah, yeah. a cushy desk job because he didn't want to. He didn't want to have to shoot his gun again, and he was just doubting himself. And then you have the FBI, who was also incompetent, and how you know, and then you have this cop that you know, he's, he wasn't a bad cop, you know, uh, um, uh. Um, what's his name? Bruce Willis' character, but he was just like, you know, just an average dude, and he has to rise to the occasion and do what other cops are failing to do. And how does it yeah, end? How does it end yeah. when the with the with the cop that's doubting himself actually shooting someone who needs, you know, he saves McLean's life at the end, and it ends with not a one liner. It ends with two guys crying and hugging each other. It's a perfect cop film. Okay, I, okay, you changed my mind. I'll give you credit. <laughs> You actually, you actually took me from the, from the from the one side to the other. That's rare to do, but you did. All right. wow. I'll give you credit for that. 
That was, All right. I didn't, I, I never thought about it in those terms before, but that is true about how it's about two reluctant people finding themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and how to, and how to handle a very tense, deadly situation, you know, and dealing with, with just rank incompetence from Powell's captain, uh, the, the, that, that one guy who was kissing up to the FBI, yeah. to the FBI being incompetent. I mean, everybody above him was just didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. It's glass, sir. He's shooting at the lights. God, you're <laughs> me. You know? Now, here's one that I'll give the, I, I like to give an honorable mention. I'll give an honorable mention first to Deep Cover. Oh, that uh, is a great a real one. real 90s movie. That is a great one. Yeah, but it's really 90s, though. I'm sure if you watched it again, you'd probably be like, eh. Nah, no. Great movie. You know, I watched it, I watched I it probably it. like two years ago. It holds up. It is very 90s. Really? It, it still holds up? up. But it holds oh, up. It holds up. Um, all that's right. all good we'll on Check it out again, then. Well, then I have a, the movie oh, I'll... Go ahead. Go ahead. I have an honorable no, mention. Say, the movie I'll add... Okay, give your honorable mention, and I'll give you my. No, 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 no. It's the floor is yours. My choice is. Okay, then the choice that I'll put on there is Running Scared, and I watched one. that movie about about a about a year ago, and it still made me laugh. It still made me emotional, like it, you know, it was still a brilliant movie, and it's one of the few movies that I have absolutely to this day, and will probably go to my grave pissed off about that it never got a sequel. I, I I loved the chemistry Heinz and Crystal had. It was they were perfect together. I mean, you don't see that very often. It should have been an automatic. We're gonna give you two and three of them. You know, let's get two and three. Should have been a trilogy. They were flawless together, man. Jimmy Smith was great too, as the bad as the big bad. Yeah, you know, I loved that movie. So but, pissed it didn't get another one. Oh, well, yeah, God. it was Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal. Uh, but l- let's yeah. get that, let's get that that comedian, that act comedian, that comedic actor that's never done an action film, and that tap dancer that's not known for acting, and let's put them in a buddy cop right. film. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that had never happened today. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens with that shit. No, so funny. and it worked out like top notch. I mean, it was so good. If you ever get a chance to watch it, what was it done? Ninety. It was, what 80, year was that? No, it was eighty six. Wow, I'm gonna say eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. Eighty six. Got up, and it, it holds up. I I really believe it holds. It it, it can hold its water even to this day. It was so good. <laughs> Even the so other, it's, didn't get scene, it's only man. the same in name only, oh, but the, so the Paul Walker right. running scared was also really good. It wasn't a remake. It was just also called running scared and he was a cop, but that was also pretty good. Um, my other honorable you're cut, mention, you're cutting in and out. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you hear what I said about Paul Walker? You're cutting the, in and out a little bit. It's, I don't, there we go. Okay. I what, said, you say, uh, running scared, Paul Walker. Yeah, the Paul Walker running scare was also pretty good. Yeah, you're cutting out. You're cutting out. God a damn! That's why hold I, on, hold on. There it is. That's better. Okay, because I don't know what I was doing wrong. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't moved anything, so I was wondering why I was cutting out. Yeah, I was just cutting in and out. I heard you say Paul uh, running. And oh then, wow! 
that's how it was sounding to me. And I was like, I, I can kind of piece this together, but I'm not sure. Uh, I was just saying it was only the same in name only, but the Paul Walker running scared was pretty good also. Really? Yeah. I, I, I never wanted to see it. Maybe I'll check it out. It's uh, not a remake. It's only the same in name only, but it's a cop film. And it's I haven't thought about it since you said running scared initially because my first thought went to that one. I was like, oh, he means the 86 one. But um, I have an honorable mention. Okay. Um, End of Watch was really good. With End uh, of Watch, I know that movie. Uh, yeah, it had. Uh, it's it's also a Anton Fuqua movie. It has uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. 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 Uh, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, okay. They okay. both beat cops. That was a pretty good one. You know, I don't know if I got around to watching this or not, and I can't remember if I saw it or not. I just don't. It looks familiar. Oh. I've seen it. It looks really familiar. It's really uh, good. And the whole movie's shot all I mean a lot of it is shot like uh it's it's also you know Anton Fuqua who did Training Day did this one uh also and it's like they're beat cops and it's like a day in a life. Yeah. Uh and it's really good. And a lot of it is like cam footage. And it's like really? it goes it goes in and out if I remember correctly it goes in and out of like um of like your typical filmmaking style. And then it goes into like dash cam footage and and uh, body cam footage. Yeah, I'm looking at a review where it says uh, shaky cam found footage uh, approach to the movie. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that either. Okay. But uh, that's just an honorable mention. Okay. But, uh, my number, was it number three or number four for me? I think it's four. Four, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's in the name. I'm gonna go with Robocop. <laughs> well, one that shows how old old we are because we both kind of we both kind of Robocop. You know, when you hear that, that was that was a big movie when we were kids. I mean, let's let's be real here. I mean, it was everything we everything the future was supposed to be and more. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, a big giant robot cop running around, you know, solving crimes and stopping criminals, and it's just. It's the violence, though. My God, the way they killed Peter Peter Weller's character in the beginning. Oh, my God. That was just brutal. But yet comical at the same time. I don't know how they pulled that off. But I remember snickering a little bit. I'm like, dude, he's still alive? Really? <laughs> he's still... What is this? What is he? What is he? 50 Cent? How many times are they going to put bullets into this dude, man? He's still alive. Lost his arms, his legs. His whole upper body was full of bullets. How do you miss all his organs like that? How? How's that possible? Ah, uh, it's all right. It's movie magic. <laughs> Apparently so. Jesus Christ. All right. You're number five? Yeah. Um, and I'm surprised you didn't mention it, but uh, well, I'll give my I'll give my honorable mention first. Um I'm kind of stuck with my honorable mention on these on these last two, either rush hour or Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. I love that movie, and I'm not sure why. I mean, I me see, neither. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. But Tom Hanks and that big-headed dog. I just love that movie. I don't know why. I thought Tom Hanks was, but see, Tom Hanks, I think, was coming off of uh, uh, what was what were those hits he had in the comedy world? Big. It was big, and around that time it was big, and um, Joe versus Vol. Oh, the maybe the. It was either the Burbs or Joe versus the Volcano. Yeah. Because it was yeah. around that same time. Yeah, it's right around that time. So, you know, and also um, You Got Mail and 
all that stuff was kind of right around in that same area. So he was kind of a big star differently, you know, than he became later on for drama. But in comedy, he was a big star. You know, right. Bosom Buddies had just ended a few years ago or had just ended. Bosom Buddies was in the 80s. Yeah, this is 1989, so he might have still been doing Bosom Buddies. No, Bosom Buddies was like 83 to 85 something like is that. Is it that long ago? Yeah, I was I was I was in grade school when that was a thing. I remember. Really? I thought Bosom Buddies went into the ah, mid look it late up. 80s. No, no, nope, nope, nope. Huh. Um, look it up. I will. I will. Yeah, I will look up a second. But let me get out another. So I would choose uh, Lethal Weapon. Oh, that was my honorable mention for the next one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, that movie was great. I mean, it spawned a couple bad sequels. No, you were uh, right, dude. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. And it lasted only two years. Yeah, I knew it was. I knew. Yeah, it didn't God. go that long. Damn, nineteen. 19- 80. I remember watching it because my mother loved the show for some reason. Yeah, my oh, I liked it too. It was like you know, as a kid, I liked it. Yeah, I, I didn't really, I didn't really understand it though. You know, there was a lot of adult humor that just went right over my head. You know, like I didn't understand why it was so funny that this guy's in drag. You know, in, a, in, a, in you know, in that women's place. I didn't. I, couldn't I thought wrap it was a, around that. I thought it was a fucked out premise even then, but uh, you know, like you know, ten year old me. Well, when that was no. I was nine when Bosom Buddies came out. So, yeah, nine-year-old me thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it's a weird premise. I mean, it's one of those things that's like, so they're homeless. I think they were homeless. No, no, they wanted, they were both struggling. Yeah, I know that. And, okay. and, and uh, it was a women's, women's, because uh, they used to have a lot of those back then, but it was like a women's only apartment building. Yeah, that's okay, yeah. And uh, it was super cheap because it was helping, you know, helping women, you know, to, to get on their feet. And so they they were in drag, which is so funny. You think how stupid it is. The money they spent on looking like women, they could have easily afforded a better apartment or a, a regular apartment. So it's right. like, oh, we'll dress in drag and we'll buy all these skirts and we'll live there. It's just such a stupid, dumb premise if you think about it now. But 1980, that was hilarious. Oh, of course. So many things like that were funny. It's like, what did I watch? I watched uh, something from the 80s a little while ago, and I, I just can't remember what the name of the movie was, but it was something on the lines of, like, Porky's or something. And I realized when I watched it, I was like, our ideals have changed so much over my lifetime. I can't imagine what it would be like to see a movie like, you know, like a Porky's or, um, or 16 candles or something like that show up in the, in the theaters now. I mean, I I don't know if it would be boycotted, but I know a lot of people would be offended by it. I mean, the glory hole was invented in Porky's basically, or at least mainstreamed. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't invented, but it was mainstreamed. Most of us didn't know what it was. And right after Porky's, you knew what it was. I mean, it's like I, don't know, I know what a glory hole is. It's just sick, but I know what it is. And you don't know if how that stuff would play today. If everybody would be pissed off, you'd be canceled. But the fact that it was just a normal movie back then, no one thought anything of it. Nobody got mad. Nobody was protesting. It just is what it is. You know. 
Eh, Porky's. No, no. Or uh, what was the one with uh, John Belushi? Um, uh, I want to say School Days, but I know that's not 100%, 100% wrong. Animal, Animal House? Animal House, yes. I don't know how that would pull, how that would go today. You know? And that's just about some rowdy frat boys. You know? Uh, yeah, that's a... Van Wilder, which wasn't even that long ago. I mean, that movie was pretty uh, pretty raunchy. You know, it's just, it's just weird how we've changed so much in so little time where so many things are like, you can't say this, you can't do that, you can't have this, you can't have that. It's just weird to me. But now, do you have one more? or because yeah, wanna... I, I, yeah, my fifth. Okay. I'll give it, since you took my honorable mention, and there's so many to choose from. Yeah, really. Uh, a lot of them. Uh, um, my honorable mention would probably be the Untouchables. Mm. Okay. And my number five would probably be one movie I revisit every now and again. I really like it because you have a corrupt cop and you have a cop that is like a bruiser. He's like, he just does whatever he's told and he turns into a good cop towards the end. And that's LA Confidential. Yes, that's a good one. That won an Academy Award, didn't it? It sure did. Yeah, best picture, I believe. Yep. Yeah, I remember that movie. I remember, I think I saw it in the theater. It wasn't was not bad at all. I'm surprised you didn't mention The Departed. Departed was. It seemed like too obvious. It was. I was going to say The Departed. We should have just did top ten because once I started thinking about it, I was thinking all these good movies. I am um, also Seven's another one I would would have picked. Oh yeah, I forgot about Seven. Oh, oh, that was genius. I'm glad Denzel didn't take Brad Pitt's part. I don't think no. he would have done. I don't think he would have done it right. I I don't. I Brad Pitt was flawless in that in that role, man. Just well, let's flawless. stay in the nerd realm since we're talking movies. Uh, did you see Carl Esposito on Twitter? Just uh, we've talked about this in the past because it was just rumor mill. But Carlos Esposito said uh, Twitter like I'm not in any Marvel stuff, but I'm just going to do it because other people have done this and have. Hit pay dirt, hence you know the guy that did uh, who's Shang Shang Chi now. He was he got hired because of a Twitter post because he was like expressed interest. Mm-hmm. Carlos Esposito said he would like to be the next Charles Xavier. I heard about that, and I think and that's a perfect choice. Fucking Twitter went nuts. Everyone was overwhelmingly saying that was a fucking good idea. Yeah. Which I thought it was like, oh, he's black and he can't be Trump because we're we're too removed, we're too far away from obviously because we're too far away from uh, Magneto or or Magneto and uh, Charles Xavier were friends and they were both alive during World War Two. Yeah, so that's just too. They're just yeah. too, too too far removed. So I guess we're gonna you know we got to update the atrocity that they've come from. Right. So. Uh, since he's black, well, half black, half Latin, whatever that is, uh, Afro Latino, what I think that's what it is. Either way, uh, uh, that looks awesome. That that sounds awesome. No, and it I'll, does. It sounds fantastic. And, and he's so he always plays. He would act the fuck out of it. And when they talk, he was asked in an interview just recently about it, and he waxed poetic. It's like, oh shit. This is a guy that has read about Charles Xavier and thought about it. Not just like, oh, I'd like to try it. He had he had a strong opinion on how he would play it. And I was like, oh my God, this is that would be so good. 
Oh, it would work. I just and I, if they could get Denzel to do like Magneto, oh my god! Wow, you could you imagine? You imagine that would be that would be impressive to put them to. And could you imagine Nick Fury meets that Professor X and that Magneto in like oh. a? That would be a scene of such just acting prowess. And power, and just it would, it would, it'd be something that you would remember watching for the rest of your life. I think. Yeah. If, if if scripted correctly, and you, how do you, you? Those are three men who are at the top of their game, the top of their game, and who never do anything wrong. Now, speaking of actors, I found out that uh, Samuel Jackson and uh, uh, what's his name, Anthony Hopkins have a rule in their contracts about the number of takes they do. Samuels is three takes. Anthony Hopkins is four. No more. They can do less, but no more than that. Unless something really, Samuel said, unless something really catastrophic happens, I will not do more than three takes. Well, they're at the, they're at the point of their career where they can do that. Most actors can't. No, but isn't that brilliant though? Because I've seen, I've seen actors talk about they had to do fifty takes for some scene that's like thirty seconds long. I'm oh like, yeah, oh, um, what, what are you what are you looking for? Kubrick, Kubrick was notorious for multiple scenes. Um, like um, there was there was times when he did Eyes Wide Shut with Tom yeah, Cruise. That, I remember that one. That production went almost a year over yep. schedule because of how slow he was with his takes. Um, he kind of you know she was already obviously had mental issues. But he was right, outright cruel to um, uh, what's her face when he did The Shining. Um, oh, uh, Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall, yeah. There was they would spend. Uh, Jack Nicholson said there was days where he would just uh, Kubrick would just berate her, and they would do a scene. The whole day was doing take after take of one scene that of hers. And he was just notorious. I like the more you hear about Kubrick, yeah, yeah, he was like a master filmmaker, but he was a fucking asshole. I would mm-hmm. hate hate to work with him. But the reason, yeah, like I was saying about uh, Eyes Wide Shut, he would, you know, he would do takes 50, 60 times. Yeah, Kubrick there's no there there's no excuse did, for that. They did like a hundred takes of a couple scenes. There's no and excuse like, for that. There's no way. That's You're just sadism that. at that yeah. point. That's just sadism. Yeah, you're not gonna, f- if, if, if I'm a big enough star, you're not getting me to do that. I'm not going to do that. I am not yeah. going to so, do 100 takes. No. So I get what what you know, those two are saying. I was like, they're they're at the they're at the point of their career where they have they wield a big stick. If they say no, that's what it is. And that is beautiful because I can, like we like you just said, some directors, man, it's like unless dude, they have. I like said a- five words. Why are we doing this 100 times? Yeah, unless it's like you know, you'll unless the the scene might call for it, and you have a director that don't play that shit. Because there's some directors that I don't give a fuck what you say. This is what we're doing. Like Larry Clark, he's one of those guys. Um, um, Michael Mann's one of those guys. Oliver Stone's one of those guys. They don't yeah, play that. They don't yeah, play Oliver, that shit. Yeah, Oliver Stone. Yeah. <laughs> like Tom Cruise tried that. You know, he, Tom Cruise. You know, he takes over. Tends to take over movies. He didn't. He he didn't do that shit with 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 Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone just like yeah no, 
No, I don't play that shit. <laughs> and it was and it was Tom Cruise's second best acting performance of his life. Well, I always was... say Collateral was his best he's ever done. Well, again, another director don't play that shit, Michael Mann. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was during a time when Tom Cruise was really he had he had hit movie star status, but he wanted to be considered a good movie star and a good actor. So he was seeking out these top tier directors. That's why he worked with Michael Mann. That's why he worked with uh Kubrick. That's why he worked with uh Oliver Stone. Cause these guys will get that performance out of you. Right. I just I, I like Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is like, dude, we're gonna rehearse, 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 rehearse. Two takes, done, move on. Oh, he's, yeah. always, he's always said there's no point in doing this thing a hundred times. You well, it's the guy that's been in the business for 60 years. Yeah. And he's been a director 40 of those years. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to work with Clint Eastwood because you know you're going to get it right because you've rehearsed it enough. Well, so that's... The... Go ahead. Sorry. I'm just no, no, so, so it's just like... So I don't understand when you... If you've rehearsed something for a day or two, I mean, you've given your full born going all out in the rehearsals. Why is it that when I turn the camera on, I got to do this like nine times? Yeah, there's no there's no reason. And then you're talking about professional shoots that use multiple cameras. So you have it from different angles. Let's do yeah. it two, maybe three times if you need it. And then let's move on. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And I, yeah, Clint Eastwood is a really good director. He kind of gets overlooked because he's been an actor longer. But if you look at uh, everyone who's worked with him, I mean, set aside his politics and all that, white or black, everyone who's worked with him has said he's good at what he does and they liked working with him. Morgan yeah. Freeman, everybody is worked Hackman with him. Yeah. yeah, everyone said, you know, he's he's tops. And obviously, you, you can't stay in that business that long if you're not good. Well, that's also the reason why I think they go back to him because he's good at what he's great at what he does. And I think they feel like they're going to only be there for 30 days. He, he right. really is like, he's a 30 day in and out kind of guy. And they know their whole life is going to be taken up by this film. And that's why they keep going back to him, you know, to do more. Morgan Freeman's done what? 10 films with him. Gene Hackman's done like eight. Yeah. You know? So it's like, guy's, why wouldn't you work for that dude, man? I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he still, he just directed something a, a year or two ago. Guy's he, 92 and he's still yeah. making movies. 92 crazy. fucking years old. And his son is 30. His young, I think his youngest kid is 22. That's 20? nuts. Wait, the, the, the actor? No, not, yeah. Because he's daughter. I think it's like, she's like 22, 23 years old. His youngest kid. Because um, his son is 35, uh, the one who played the fake Captain America. Oh. And, and I think he's got one one daughter who may have no, just no, 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 no. That's not Clint Eastwood's son. That's Kurt Russell's son, who played uh, uh, no. from the Captain America from the Captain you America sure? show from the Captain America show, or not the show, but he was on the he played uh, pretty much U.S. agent. Are you talking about oh. that guy from? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's his son. No, uh, it's not. Scott, that's Scott Eastwood. What, what what are you saying? Fake Captain America from from what? No 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 the 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 TV show where he where Steve Rogers was the Falcon and the uh, whatever Winter I Soldier. The, yeah, I call no 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 not not the movie but the TV series. I could call him the fake Captain America. The Disney, Disney Plus TV series. Yes, that is Clint. That is not Clint Eastwood's son. That's Kurt Russell's son. I'm looking at him right Look, now. No, you're not. Hold on, you're hold, not. on hold on, hold on, hold on. 
You know me. If, if, I, if, if I'm wrong, I will say I'm wrong. But hold on. Let me... You are wrong. Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Let me play. He's in Suicide Squad. It's Wyatt Russell. That's Kurt Russell's son. He looks like Kurt Russell. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I, I, thought, I thought that was the same dude. But anyway. The, the, no, no, no. I need you to say it. No, you don't. I did say you were we were probably right. What are you talking about? No, 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 no. You said probably. I am right. Say it. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell? Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son. Clint Eastwood's son was in the Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. He was going to replace the Paul Walker, but he had no charisma, so they replaced him after one movie with John Cena. He was also well, in uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. According to this. So uh, arguing movies with me, it's like me arguing basketball with you. Pointless. <laughs> well, when you put it in terms like that, it's not pointless, but it, it, it's an pointless. uphill battle. It's an uphill battle. At best, an, at, at best, an uphill battle. But it's... So, the only point I was trying to make was is that Cleveland <laughs> has a lot of really young children. Was the point I was trying to make? <laughs> with I, with... I I get it, but I need you to say I was right. That's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> Nigga, I. <laughs> he's got a lot of kids. Oh, he does. I think he's got eight of them. Uh seven. Is it yeah. Seven. Okay. Yeah. I Kimber... Uh, Kimberling. Kimberl. Kim... Kimber Eastwood. Catherine Eastwood, Kyle Eastwood, Morgan, Allison, Francesca, and Scott. Francesca, I think, is the youngest, and yeah. she—we've seen her in a lot of stuff. She's twenty-nine. She was born in nineteen ninety-three. Yeah, she's the youngest. Oh wait, okay. wait, Morgan. I'm sorry, Morgan's the youngest. Morgan's the youngest, and she is how old is she? 20, she's twenty-six. 26. God yeah. damn, man! 26. Your youngest is twenty-six, and you're ninety-two, and your oldest is fifty-eight. <laughs> My God! <gasps> Holy shit! <laughs> he was sixty-six years old when 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 Morgan came popping out. Yeah, sixty-six years old. What the hell? He defied the odds because most people would be dead. Well, Clint Eastwood is weird. I, he's always been in great shape. You've never seen him fat and overweight, ever. No. Ever. No. He's always in great shape. Uh, I don't think he drinks hardly at all because you don't hear anything about him drinking. I don't never hear him taking drugs. You assume that he eats right because, like I said, as we said at first, he's always in great shape. Yeah. So... Top that with good genetics, man. He doesn't look like he's going anywhere anytime soon. I think Eastwood's just gonna die in his sleep one day. You know, he's just gonna not wake up. You know, yeah. You know, man's ninety two years old, and he just did a movie. What? What what did we talk about? What did we say a year ago? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I can look it up real quick, but yeah, it's like a couple years ago, like one maybe two years ago. I mean, my goodness, how is is that? How is that a thing? Most people are, are 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 like got both feet in the grave and are pulling dirt on themselves at that point. 
And this dude is still pumping out movies, man. Like it's like it's nothing. Like it's nothing. And making babies. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I he's 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 made of sterner stuff than most than most of us, man. The man was born in 1930. I can't even imagine. Think about the history he's lived through. Yeah. See the change in this country, man, from fucking the trail of tears all the way to now. I mean, he's seen, my God, he's seen almost everything. And he's a white man, so he got to experience it without any real problems. Yeah. Like like this this one guy asked, would you time, where would you time travel if you knew race wouldn't be a problem? And I'm thinking, well, first of all, both of that shit's fake. <laughs> but that's the first thing I thought. That's both fake. But I would probably go somewhere like around the Great Depression because I would want to see how that fell. I'd want to watch the, the the how what happened during that time that changed the country and changed the rules and everything. You know, when it when 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 the country almost imploded. You know, that was a big time, man. We almost, everything almost went to hell because the greedy, greedy, people being greedy. And it almost happened again, uh, what was it, eight years ago, nine years ago? Yeah. Barack Obama damn near uh, sat over, uh, you know, another uh, Great Depression. Now, one more thing. I want to shift real quick uh, because I want to get your opinion. I sent you something that says, watch this. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Uh, No. Okay. It's about a Harvard study. It talks about uh, the, I just say the letters because I don't know all the letters, the LGBTQIA plus BCD, whatever the hell all those letters are. Um, and uh, apparently now they're teaching doctors and nurses how to deal with newborns that are like that. Newborns that are like what again? That are like the, that are lesbians, that are gay, that are bi, that are. How would you know as an infant? You can't Dude. communicate with them, so how would they know? Dude, they say because kids touch their, their little dicks that they want to touch other dicks, or they touch or they're obsessed, they're obsessed with breasts. And I'm like, breasts are food, you jackasses. It's like, and, and I was telling my brother about this, and I said, see, this is the problem, and I hate this because I am a liberal, and I think liberals liberalism is is the way forward i always have believed that and i always will but this is where you have to have conservatism to stop liberals from going too far they'll sometimes take this shit too far and they've gone too far with this one and what are they because another one they call uh trans aging where a person will identify as a different age like this one dude said he's not a pedophile he's just a 45 year old man trapped in he's a nine-year-old trapped in a 45 year old oh fuck that they're just trying like they're they're trying to change the name of pedophile to what was it um to know uh what was the name they're trying to use you remember yeah no i don't but i know exactly they try to change the name pedophile to uh to something to normalize it so they can continue their bullshit fuck that i'm not they're pedos they're pedophiles Yeah, I know. so this I don't that that's just a bridge too far. I'm I'm not even going to. I'm not even gonna. I don't even want to read it. I yeah, uh, because that's stupid. 
you don't even know what sex is, how you know what you are or how to identify. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's no, I'm not even gonna give it credence of a no, of I, going into it. I watched it once and I all I thought of was like I said before, this is why you can't see you can't let conservative run things because then we'll never find a path forward. Everything will just stagnate, you know, because yeah. conservatives don't want to change and the rich will get richer and everything. So, you know, you can't let them run, but you can't let liberals run either because then shit like this happens. Well, you again, know, like the, there's, there, there is a gray, there is a middle ground. We're, you have to dealing, find it. You have to find it. We're dealing know? with extremes here. Yes, we really are. And it's like this one lady who calls uh, pregnant women, pregnant people. She said, oh. pregnant people are, and the dude's like, what'd you say? You can't say, include. you can't be inclusive, say pregnant people? No, because women get pregnant, men don't. And she went on this long tangent on how a man can be pregnant if it's a woman who identifies as a man, and he's like, this is fucking unbelievable. And this is what happens when you let liberals go too far, and no one's there to tell them to sit the fuck down. That's enough. Everything is not okay Everything is not acceptable. You, when are you guys going to understand that? This is this is not acceptable behavior. You do not let R. Kelly get off for saying that he he's a grown man trapped. You know he's he's a baby. He's a fourteen year old trapped in a grown man's body. That's not no. how this works. No, no, no. He's a pedophile. End of discussion. Yep. You know now two hundred years ago he wouldn't have been, but we don't live two hundred years ago. You know. Right, he's a pedophile, and babies, newborn babies, are like this as innocent and as and as empty and stupid as you can get. They don't know nothing. I mean, they're they are they are their hard drive is completely clean. There's nothing there when they pop out, other than they're hungry or they hurt or they're tired. That's about a new all newborn babies got for you, you know. And to say that they're sexual beings at birth. What is, what is wrong with you? Why would you even fix your mouth to say something like that? That's what I don't get. Right. Why would you even think that? That's where the line, that's where it starts to get really weird for me. Is it how did you come up with this? And why were you thinking about that? Are you just something you need to tell me? Do we need to keep you away from these kids? Hmm? Is that what we're doing here? Is that what we need to do? <sighs> and then I know you don't like sports, but. The Cowboys won. Tom, they beat Tom Brady, so we might be seeing the end of Tom Brady, and I'm pretty fucking thrilled about that. Oh, it's funny you said that. I posted something with a picture of Tom Brady, and it said something to the effect of, uh, "When you hate your well, wait, wait, what? I I just posted it today on Facebook uh, this morning, actually. Um, uh, where is it? Yeah, it was a picture of Tom Brady, and it says, "Be miserable and hate your job, but still choose it over your family. Be a man. <laughs> Be a man. There you go. Yeah. There's a picture of him just looking miserable. <laughs> Dude, did you see his latest girlfriend? She's 26. Are you serious? Not dead serious. She's an Instagram uh, model. She's 26 years old. Tom Brady's 46. Tom Brady's gonna have some more kids, baby. He's Tom fucking Brady. Oh, jeez. I have never seen a person in my life that has been as lucky as he's been in his lifetime. Oh, it's, geez. I I just I'm I'm so happy he lost. I mean, you don't understand the joy that flowed through this body when I saw and not just I'm a lifetime cowboy fan. That 
that I didn't really even care that the Cowboys were the ones that beat him. I'm just glad he lost. I hate Tom Brady. I'm so tired of hearing him. It's been 20 plus years of hearing his fucking name. When him and LeBron James finally retire, it is going to be the greatest. Those are going to be the greatest days of my life because then there'll be something new, something <laughs> different, man. You know, it's like it's like it would be like the next best thing would be like a year without a movie from Dwayne Johnson. Oh, gosh. Uh, just nice. one year without him. One year without a movie from Dwayne Johnson would be a great year. I am tired of seeing that man. Tired. Uh, speaking of uh, DC, um, uh, Batista, you know, he, he talked to him some more about how uh, he elaborated some more recently in an interview about how he's, um, you know, this is his last run as Drax. Yeah. But and but um and I got me thinking about stuff he could be in mm-hmm. that because you know you know um uh James Gunn is going to use him again he, they're friends at this point and even when James Gunn got fired from Marvel for, you know for old tweets yeah. uh Batista said uh if he doesn't come back, I don't come back. So he's a ride or die with James Gunn. So, you know, he's going to use James Gunn. James Gunn's going to use him in something else. Right. It, but, um, uh, they, James Gunn said that, uh, he has, you know, season two of the peacemaker coming out. This guy is so prolific. He just wrote season two. Uh, he says season two of, uh, of peacemakers coming out and he's doing a spinoff, uh, an Amanda Amanda Waller show, a limited series. Really, Amanda's doing her own show. Yeah, it's probably going to be all the fucked up shit she does, and how runs you know how she runs that that uh, organization. But uh, I was thinking of what would he, you know? He's uh, Batista said he wanted to do more stuff, more serious roles, and he, you know, like yeah. Dune, and he did really good in Glass Onion. I don't know if you. Saw it. It's the Netflix, uh, you know, the kind of the Is Knives the Out sequel. The, yeah, that's the one with um, Edward, Ed, uh, Ed Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton. Yeah, I saw. It. Yeah, Seth and I watched that together. Yeah, I saw it. I he liked, wasn't bad. Yeah, no, he was great. Um, um, but uh, he's like, you know, more stuff like that. But I, um, I didn't, um, uh, what was I going with that? Oh. Uh, yeah, so I was trying to think of other stuff he could do, and mm. uh, I think Batista would make a good swan. He said he didn't want to do stuff where he's hitting a lot of makeup, but I think he'd do a good because you know, because the guy's like a tortured soul. I think yeah. he'd make a good swamp thing, actually. He would, I think, yeah, and I think he would make a good um, another DC character. I think he would do well is uh. Uh, Solomon Grundy. Ooh, all right, you're on a roll today. That's not bad. <laughs> no, it's like normally you fuck up, but this today. Oh, how dare! Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> normally you're an idiot, but today. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> today you're doing all oh, right. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I could really see him as Grundy. I I could totally that- see that. That could be, and he wouldn't even have to put on a ton of makeup. No, you know they'd they'd have to, yeah, just you know a wig and wow, 
he could really play. I think he could play. I think that'd be something that he could get into because Solomon Grundy is a is a tortured soul. I mean, he's not just yeah. I was thinking know, of I was thinking of DC characters where you'd actually get to act. Yeah, and those guys are you know those those characters they they have a lot to say. And they were yeah, kind of tortured, you know. He's got a lot. Of, he's got a big backstory of, of betrayal and, and, and things going wrong, and you know he wants his soul back. And I mean, they could really go a long ways with Grundy. Yeah, and he's you know he's almost not quite, but he's close to being as powerful as Superman. I mean, yeah, I, I think that would be good for him. You know, I I don't know if he'd ever go back to the comic books. Because, you know, he really, I think he wants to just get away he, from all of that stuff, I think. I really believe he yeah, wants in to an get interv- away from it. In an interview, he's like, uh, I'm not trying to be the biggest actor. It was kind of a shot at the rock. He's like, I'm not, not a, he's like, I'm not trying to be the biggest movie star in the world. He goes, uh, I make a, I make plenty of money. Hell, I live in Tampa, so it's going to go a long way. <laughs> yeah, like, true, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I just want to be respected by my peers, and I want to, uh, I want to do something that's going to have some stink that's going to be around after I'm gone, which was like, wow, that's you don't hear a lot of guys say that. No, especially guys who have the opportunity he to has. be big time, right? Twenty million dollar, you know, a movie type or thirty million dollar movie type action stars because he could do that if he really wanted to. I mean. He could talk, he could sign a three year a three picture deal with anybody, paying him upwards of one hundred fifty million dollars. You know he really could. You know they mm-hmm. love him after what he did with Drax. He's fucking Dave Batista from the from the WWF. People still remember him from that. But Batista wants to act. He wants to be, you know, a, a cursory character in a great film. You know he wants to be just, you know, a, a guy who's in there for half the movie, but. It's not about him, but it's a great story. While The Rock wants to do Rampage and San Andreas and and, and, and every and every Adam and everyone is like, oh, I've been wanting to do this for years. No, you haven't. You've only been yeah. wanting to do it since they told you they're going to give you a ton of shit, a ton of money for it. Stop. Yeah, I know. I, I, like I said, dude, just just one year without him being in a movie. You know? Yeah, I, just I like, go away. Just disappear. Yeah. Just and, and let people miss you. And then come back hard with something good. Yeah, instead go of back taking to, everything that comes across your fucking plate. I know. Like go back to wrestling for a year. Be a full time wrestler for a year. Oh no, that's stupid. Hey, I'm just telling fit- you, dude. That would be that would be easier for me to swallow than watching him do bad movies, three or four oh, bad movies. Yeah, year. but that that would be dumb. He could he put himself in too many. He's 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 a franchise at this point. He, that's just too easy to get yourself fucking hurt. Well, now he doesn't have to wrestle. He could be like the GM. And, oh, you know, yeah, he could do that kind yeah, of Yeah, he could rock bottom somebody every other show. He doesn't have to be in-ring battling, guys, to, to be a full-time wrestler. He could just be – he could commentate, you know? But I just want him to understand that you're, this, this is not going to end well for you, dude. And I don't know if he understands that. Because it's not. It, people are going to get – they're already saying, look what happened to Black Adam. This is a movie yeah. that a lot of people have been anticipating for years, and it tanked because we are tired of looking at you. Tired. Well, that that's not the full reason. Well, it I tank know. tank because it wasn't great. Well, <laughs> it wasn't okay, groundbreaking. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. First of all, it sucked, but 
we're tired of looking at you too. That that was probably 40% of it was we're just tired of looking at you. The other 60% is it just sucked as a movie. It was bad writing, it was bad directing, and it was and you went to a you did a throwback to the 80s and 90s action films, which those don't cut it anymore. No. Arnold Schwarzenegger, let's see, who, who's who's a young buck? Uh uh, whoever, let's say, say Zach Efron, whatever, throw his name out there, you know, young, buff, whatever. He couldn't get away with a commando today. Commando yeah. would not fly today. Hey, look at this shit, this stupid piece of shit. What are you talking about? Or Time Cop. That movie wouldn't fly today. That movie was awful. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. You know, I, at the time. <laughs> I at watched the- it recently. Well, two years ago, maybe. There you go. But I had <laughs> fun with it. I had fun with it. I mean, it's it's not a terrible movie. You know, a terrible movie, and I'm glad to report this. It's funny. Thick Dummy, your our favorite frick, thick dummy, Gina Carano, just did a movie oh. uh, uh, that came out uh, uh, this year or last year, you know, 2022. But it, you know, it had to run. But it, the receipts just come came back for her movie, uh, Terror on the Prairie. Oh God. Now I'll give you, I'll tell you both. Uh, I'll give what I'll give you two. What I'll give you two prices: the worldwide gross and the domestic gross. Oh God! Okay, we'll start with domestic first. Okay. Uh, What was the budget? It was. I saw the trailer. It was. uh, Hold on, let me look and see. Okay, let's see if I, I can. Because it sounds like it was a major flop. Of course. We wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, Gina Carano. I mean, she did one good movie, Haywire, and that's about all she's got. Uh, I think her best work was, um, holy shit. I guess her her best. Um... <laughs> You're going to talk about The Mandalorian, right? The, yeah, the... that was great. She was great in The Mandalorian. She was, yeah. she was actually good in The Mandalorian. Oh, I know. And, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about movies. It was the but part of, part of the reason it failed, because one, it's not good, two, she has uh, a lane now that she has to stay in because no one wants to work with her because she's just she couldn't keep her mouth shut and she's a right wing z- zealot. Yeah, she's, uh, Kevin, she's Kevin Sorbo with, with titties. So yeah, I yeah, know. yeah, uh, and uh, that kind of that kind of narrows your playing field. Right. Uh, so the budget is seventy five okay. million. Estimated. Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm assuming it was action. Okay. Well, I'll give you a quick synopsis. It looks okay. like it's a it's a period piece. Okay. Uh, on the lanes, a frontier woman must protect herself against a ruthless gang of outlaws hell bent on revenge. Now, if you look at the trailer, it looks like a tier one film, like a one. Okay. It doesn't have, it doesn't have, it looks competently made. It looks looks like a big budget movie. You look at the trailer, you're like, I, I checked this out just based okay. on the trailer. But right. you know, it failed because of who she is. So um I'm gonna say domestic. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay, I'm not. okay. Domestic, I'm gonna say 10 million domestic. Because I didn't even hear about this. Okay. And I'm on YouTube and movies. Yeah, yeah, time. you're on there more than I. Yeah, I'm on there all the time. And worldwide, because of who she is, if she's like playing online, I'd probably say 25 million worldwide for a total of $35 million. 
a net loss of what 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 was what's that territory? Thirty million dollars, forty million dollars. Well, uh, I bet you they would be happy with that. Oh God! Considering what it actually is. Oh, how far off was I? So wide gross first, because because the domestic is always going to be smaller. Yes, generally, and that's not always the truth, but generally, Uh, Um, worldwide gross. $13,115. $13,115. Look it up. It was a, it was a, it was on several articles. Um domestic $815. $815 for domestic. Uh the other only country it played in was Russia where it made uh you know the rest for a grand total of $13,115. Look it up. <laughs> I am not making this up. Okay. I, I'm looking at something from the Hollywood in Hit Hollywood in Toto uh, website. It said media straight up lies about Gina Carano's box office clout. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Look up box office mojo. That is the most accurate as far as uh, sites go for what movies make. Because they actually take in consideration uh, money spent with with uh, with um, promotion and all that shit. Her latest movie made $804 at the box office. How is that possible? It's very possible. If no one goes to it, it's possible. Was it was a wide release? Or are we talking about of, one of theater? Course. No. Are you sure? I mean, I don't. That's such a that's like a that's like a I can't even describe wow. Um she should be done then. She should be done in Hollywood. That should be the death knell of her Hollywood career. She should have to get a job at Starbucks now. <laughs> hey, she really, that's, that should be it. Sorry, I don't mean to be an ass, but she should be it. Because apparently conservatives didn't like it either. They called it a bunch of woke nonsense. And probably because a woman was, you know, defending her family or whatever, uh, which is why it was too woke. You know, that's from what I'm looking at. The headlines come out as yeah. too woke. That, 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 that might be why troll- they didn't go see it. No, that I think no, that's people trolling her because she said that uh Hollywood is too woke and that they need, you know, she's she's a hardcore right winger. No, that that's people trolling her saying woke or go broke. The mo- you know, it, that's just what well, she's being trolled for. It. Let's see uh Yeah, okay, oh, so it had so oh, uh, opening day of ten theaters in New York, something Los Angeles, DC, Phoenix, Kansas City, Miami, followed by two hundred eighty-eight dollars on Sunday, on Saturday. I don't, I don't understand this bullshit. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is some bullshit. It can't be that bad. It just it is. Yes, it can. A $75 million budgeted movie is that bad. If it doesn't make money, it costs money to put them in theaters. If it doesn't make money in its first two days, its first two days of its release, that is just, and just follow the history of film. The first 
the 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 first two days is the most your money is the most your movie is going to make upon release generally speaking if it doesn't make any money in those two days you're you're automatically hemorrhaging money because you it, it costs money to keep them in theaters yeah but you no, hope to make more money than you're spending to keep it there and that's how the movie business runs if so literally it was in like if even if you put it in when they, when they do a short limited release, they put it in a market where it's going to get a lot of foot traffic. They put them in these big cities where where you know where movies where, where a lot of people go to movies like like Portland's one of them. We're a movie city. L.A. Mm. of course is one. New York, D.C. All these big cities that you know they they put them they well, they do a limited release. They're going to drop it and move in places that will probably they're better their chances of getting seen. Right. I get it. I just uh, it's just so wow. No, no. You just said you didn't even know this movie came out. No, I, I, didn't. I knew it came out, but it's kind of my wheelhouse to know. But imagine the average film goer. If you didn't know. Yeah. And I'm online all the time looking at stuff. I, I didn't even get a whiff that she had a new movie coming out anywhere, you know, and for, wow, I just figured her, I figured her Republican people would back her a little bit more than that. I mean, because she did tow the company line with, with Star Wars. I mean, I'm sorry. She told, I, the, she, she told the line. Yeah, I, I I got a call in the middle of our in our in our um podcast oh, and it cut you didn't hear it but i got cut out so i just want you to repeat yourself because i didn't hear it oh or it's like she told the line in uh with the republican people and i'm surprised they didn't come out for her i mean <laughs> I'm she not. she lost the role she lost a, a prime role in, in in speaking their truth and they didn't even bother to come out at all was the film that badly uh, promoted or, or was it or I mean, because word of even word of mouth would make the film do better than this even if it was terrible like Waterworld made made some money because word of mouth was so bad and people were like oh it can't be that bad hell I went and saw it because everybody said it was terrible yeah me too you know I actually went out and went fuck it it can't be this bad and surprisingly, it wasn't as bad. It was terrible, but it wasn't as bad as everybody said. So word of mouth got my time. And the word of mouth, there wasn't any word of mouth with this. They must have done a shitty job. Oh, and also Ben Shapiro produced it. Okay, so you have Ben Shapiro producing. You have Gina Carrasco. Yeah, this movie was doomed to tank. Yeah, and yeah. It just, these, these, these people are, are highly unlikable Uh people and the average moviegoer i honestly believe are more liberal than conservative the average everyday person who spends their money on on movies and they're not going to watch a bunch of conservative shit that has to do with uh ben shapiro or gina caranas <laughs> well think about it man i mean no yeah, i agree why would you want to go see anything ben shapiro produces because you, you hate ben shapiro most of most people who are liberal do they just don't like that little bastard I you don't know. like him. No, I don't like him either because he thinks he's the smartest man in every room he walks into. He's like Kanye West and and, and uh, what's his name, Kyrie Irving. 
They all think they're the smartest person in the room whenever they walk into a room. Stop, kitty. Um, goddamn cat. I left to go to the store the other day when this cat stood in front of the front door and screamed for about 10 minutes because I left. Screamed. Jeez. Angry that I left. And now since I'm not downstairs, she's under me right now going, uh, you're supposed to be downstairs, Negro. What you doing up here? You know the deal? You're not supposed to be out of my sight. This cat is ridiculous. I don't know what is wrong with this cat. Ever since I went to stay in that hotel that night, this cat has been just under me. Like, I don't I don't understand what's happening. I, I don't. I don't get it. Go away. I will RKO. I will RKO you, kitty. You don't want right. any of that. All right. You're threatening a cat. I think we're coming to the close to an end here. <laughs> RKO the cat in front of, on, on, on air. <laughs> So, oh, here's one. Um, Here, let me let me throw this out here real quick before you go. Uh, Cinemaholic. We were just talking about the uh, cop films. Uh, yes. Let me see uh, what this website has the best uh, cop film. Because we we should we should we could we could probably settle on that one. Uh, Heat. I, don't, I can't argue with that. No, Basically, no. That I was really in my, it was in it was in my top five. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with that. Silence of the Lambs is a cop film. I that's that is right. It is. Isn't that it? was going to be one of my honorable mentions before I said RoboCop. Before I went with RoboCop instead, but well, RoboCop was one of my choices. But yeah, that that was uh, that's a definite. That's a good one. It's a real good one. I just never thought about it as a cop film. I always thought about it as a kind of like a uh, a, a thriller horror slash kind of movie you know not a not necessarily a cop film but i guess it actually is because they're chasing uh buffalo bill yeah and 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 hannibal is kind of like a side character really he's important but he's only on screen i think 15 minutes but that's all you remember is fucking him like he's the whole film but it really was about police fbi procedure and how they're gonna catch this serial killer? Oh my god, I never thought about that. You're right; it, it really is a cop film, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. Also, also, I real I didn't realize until yesterday, the guy who played Buffalo Bill is the police chief on, on Monk. Psych. On, oh. Yeah, on Monk. Sorry, you're right, Monk. Oh, you didn't I, realize I, that? Nope, not till yesterday. Did not. Nope. Wow. Yeah. He's like, God damn it, Monk. That guy, yeah. Mark, I was like, God damn, Monk, are you a great big fat person? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that is him. Put the lotion in the back. On the, on the, Put the fucking lotion in the basket. Lotion <laughs> <laughs> or gets the water again or something like that. Oh, I can't believe that. Yeah. Puts the lotion on the skin or gets the hose. Gets the hose again. again. That's <laughs> a lot. Put the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> and then when she got his dog, oh, that was the best part. She, she got that dog. Yeah. Water in a basket. Like, wow. So you have no problem butchering and skinning women, but that dog boy. Of <laughs> can't course. Fuck with your little dog, man. Of course. Well, it's just like anybody in the movies. Like, that's what I hate. The movies are just movies. They're just that. They're not real life. But I hate when, fuck, I hear idiots go, well, if they kill the dog in a movie, I'm not going to watch it. It's not a real dog. By the way, and you, you have no problem with all the fucking human death in this, but a dog gets killed off camera, and now it's uh, oh, shut the fuck up. I hate that stupid shit. I am with you a thousand percent because I remember all the people were pissed the fuck off at John Wick when that dog died. You could yeah. hear it in the theater. <gasps> you killed the dog. Oh, what the fuck? 
And then he just went on a murderous rampage. And people were coming out, yeah, somebody killed my dog. I'd kill a couple hundred people too. He would oh. A couple hundred people, not just the one guy, but a hundred people over your dog. A hundred people. Not the one guy, a hundred people. <laughs> I'm going to take down the whole organization. Yeah, he killed everybody. <laughs> and then I remember when the second one came out, the director had to make an announcement that said, no, we're not going to kill any more dogs. Because people were like saying, you kill another dog, and we ain't coming to see this shit. Like, that was just really? so stupid. Oh, no. let me do a quick review real quick okay. uh, before we, and we got to go. I got to go. Um, I saw, El, I took Eloise and we saw Megan uh, this over the weekend. Um, that sounds familiar, Megan. The killer, the, the killer doll movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. A uh, robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. And it's not like a Chucky, because I never liked the Chucky movies. Because Chucky, you know, I, I never felt threatened by Chucky. It's like, I'll kick the shit out of that doll. Right? But this this is a like a robot. Uh, you know, she's a robot. She's an android, basically. Uh, oh, she's not an android, because she's not part. I, I, Android's a half-human, half Robot hybrid. She's she's a that's a that's a cyborg. Cyborg. Also, oh, she is an android, but she's yeah, like is data. Yeah. It was it was dumb fun. It was a little campy, half winking at the camera, but uh, at the audience. But it was a lot of it was actually a lot of fun. I kind of yeah. I went because Eloise really wanted to go when she saw the trailer, and it wasn't you know didn't look like it was going to be like too scary. More action killer doll but uh uh the girl is she's like the size of a like a you know eight-year-old nine-year-old and uh she just uh she pairs with this girl little girl and she wants to protect her at all cost anyone even gives that girl side eye and that the robot is killing her killing (laughs) them killing them it is it is that's not funny but and and they built you know and they built it like this they're make this big launch and they're selling them for like ten thousand dollars but this if you have one of these you won't need anything else you know that's the way they were marketing it and uh she was the prototype but she it it was you know she goes on a killing spree it was actually pretty fun when i know you're gonna you know i wouldn't say you're not gonna go to the theater but when it comes out on when it's when it's you know playing on a streaming service i'd say check it out for sure it's just it's just fun you know, right. leave your I'll brain at the door and enjoy it. Basically, okay. I, 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 I can do that. Uh, right, Roddy Chang's in it. Uh, that, 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 that makes it even more uh, uh, interesting for me to watch. I like that. I like that Asian dude. Oh, uh, he's hilarious. He's placed uh, the woman who built it, the robotics, uh, Allison Williams. She was the the girlfriend on Get Out. Mm-hmm. He's her oh, boss. Yeah. He's her boss, and of course, he's. He's actually funny in it. Yeah, you know, oh, of course he is. He's hilarious. He is hilarious. Um, but um, yeah, I'd say I'd say give it a watch. It's pretty fun. He plays angry so well that I just I, I love Ronnie Chang for that. I mean, the angry he the angrier he is on stage, the funny he's like Bill Burr. The more angry they are, the funnier they are. And I I, I love that about those two guys. Now, last thing before we let you go, uh, are you excited for the new season of uh of the Daily Show? First up is uh. Leslie Jones. What's that? The new season, the new series, the new season of uh, The Daily Show. Trevor Noah's gone. And the new, they're going to have new hosts every week. Uh, first up is Leslie Jones. 
Oh, they're gonna do a new host every week. Okay, I thought you were saying she was gonna be the new host. No, no, not yet. Not yet. They're gonna go through a bunch of different people. And the one that hits, they'll keep. Right. And I I got a sneaky feeling it's gonna be uh Roy Wood Jr. or possibly Chang. Unless one of these other guys get do something really phenomenal. One of those two. I hope it's Roy Wood Jr. I love Roy Wood Jr. He's funny. He's just the right amount of like funny and smart. Yeah. He's I like I like him. I like him a lot. I hope I'm, he and I like him on the show because he's like one of the correspondents yeah. on the show. The only thing I'm gonna miss about the show about Trevor is is the way he could he made you feel the stories better because of all the accents he could do. And it, it added to the to the stories, you know, when he would do it with an accent. And it's gonna be different. It's gonna be a, a weird adjustment you know, after seven years to 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 get back to Someone just reading the news and with inflection and with humor without that accent. That's one of the reasons why I love Trevor Noah was the accents. Oh, what uh, I like, I also what I liked about him is that he, uh, he kind of helped break stuff down for the layman. Yeah, he did. you know, he was real good. And, and it was like a lot of people. Like if you watch it with someone that has like zero knowledge of politics, he had a way of breaking it down. So you saw why he was upset about something or not yep. upset about something. Yeah. And I like that because sometimes you get to really dumb it down for people. Not that I'm a super genius or we're super geniuses, but I think we pay attention more than the average bear. Right. So, and, and so he was brilliant at that. You're right. Yeah. He was brilliant at that. And uh, his, his between the scenes stuff was some of the best TV around uh, where he would just talk to the audience and give them feedback on his life. And he'd make some tragedies funny and just listening to him talk. But last thing I'll say on that is this. I knew after the pandemic he was going to quit The Daily Show because Trevor Noah is a nomad. You know, when you when you look at his early life, he didn't have no money. He couldn't go nowhere. And becoming a stand-up gave him the lifestyle that he always wanted, was to be able to travel around and see other people, do other things. And now he's got money where he can do it in style. Yeah, and now if yeah. he, he's getting back into stand up, I think he has a stand up special coming out. If not, it's already yeah. out. It's already out on Netflix. Yeah. So I, I think he wants to get out. back to that. And now yeah. he's it's seven years with The Daily Show and being, you know, probably the best replacement since Jon Stewart left. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, um, he, he's definitely built himself a probably a substantial cushion. So now he can kind of do what he really wants to do. Yeah, the last five years of the show, I think he was making like $18, $19 million a year. So he's got... No way, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's worth like $200 million, man, just from The Daily Show and other and a few other gigs. But oh, he's, he is that. really wealthy right now. I mean, so he can he can walk away, he can go back to doing what he wants to do, which is stand up and travel. He's a nomad. He, I, don't, I don't know if he'll ever settle down into one spot and call this home. That's just not who he seems like. He, the person he seems like, you know, uh, a person that would do that. He doesn't seem like that kind of person. He always has to be on the move, and that's because he didn't have nothing, and he wants to move. He wants to see different things, you know. And oh wow, yeah, his net worth is a hundred million. Oh, I'm sorry, okay, hundred million. At I know it was in the-, the Daily Show. Uh, he was earning uh, twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand. Twenty five million a year. Oh, I was way off there. <laughs> I thought it was less than that. And I didn't realize it was $25 million a year. Jesus Christ. Well, when he started, it was between five and eight. And every year just went up. 
So the That's last because the, the, the last... ratings just shot up to the roof when he got got in a groove, man. Yeah. I mean, he was a little bit better than John Stewart, but I love John Stewart, but sometimes well, me too. And I like and then John Stewart I I feel like with what I feel about both guys is that they walk the walk. Like yes. John Stewart is still in heavily involved in all the shit he was talking about on the show. Yeah, he is. No, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. He, 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 he if he says it, he does it, you know, yeah. and Trevor Noah's the same way. He says it, he does it. But John Stewart is just a little, his humor was a little too smart sometimes. I think for the average person, because he, that's one of the things I liked about Noah. Like you said, he could dumb shit down to where you could kind of turn your brain, not off, but down. And, and you and, it, it. and you didn't feel like you're being preached to or or talked down to, right? And that's a gift. Yeah, it is. It is. It really. That is. is a gift. That's not practice. That's a gift, and that you can do to because people could easily consider that condescending and annoying and want to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. But he didn't make you want to punch you. Just like okay, well, I guess I need to learn a little more, and and he could teach you and talk to you this way, and you don't feel insulted. And I'll miss that about him on that show is is that, you know, and but his time was up. I knew it was up when the pandemic hit. I knew he wasn't going to make it because he got trapped in that house, that apartment man for a year. And he is not happy. Yeah. You know, he was not he did not do the lockdown. Well, he did not do well in the lockdown. No, I was fine. Oh, was, was, uh, like you was, yeah, you 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 lived like that before the. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say even when I before, even when I was working, this was fantastic. Before I COVID, it. yeah, yeah, I went I a little, I went a little nuts because my day was just working here, and I and for like the first, yeah, because we still there's so much we didn't know, so yeah. I didn't oh, see yeah. I didn't see could see Eloise for like three weeks at least face to face, and that just you know that just. That was wearing on me. I was drinking. I don't drink a lot, but I was drinking a lot during that time. Oh, God, you were like a professional wrestler, man. You don't see your kids for for, for three weeks, and you come home for a day or two, and then you're back on the road again. Yeah, it was, it was, not, it was not for me. I'm too much. I, uh, I What can I say? I just like being a dad, and it was really getting to me that I couldn't see her face-to-face. And I remember Heather was like, uh, <laughs> I remember she was like, uh, uh, I've noticed, uh, you know, because, you know, because we, you know, I, pay child support and and we have a joint account so that makes it easy mm-hmm. and she was like i've noticed uh i could see some of the receipts you know you were like you're going a lot to the liquor store are you all right <laughs> and i remember i was like no i'm not <laughs> I, haven't no, hugged, sucks. I haven't hugged my kid in three weeks and uh no i'm not doing well and she's like oh we gotta we gotta figure something out so that's when ellie's and i start taking walks together and stuff distance you know that's before we knew everything about it and then yeah we're not gonna i don't think we'll ever have another lockdown like that again no uh, not with covid anyway it's not something else might hit yeah covid will never mutate to that point where will the world will lock down again it won't ever go back to that That well i don't think even if there were something like it i don't think people will tolerate it to be honest uh, it, just, de- it, it depends. It depends. Yeah, it's got to right. be something like you know, like a zombie apocalypse level. It's got to kill people. It can't yeah. just make you sick. I mean, COVID made COVID killed older people sometimes, but yeah. if if whatever locks us up next time, it has to kill people like young people. You know, nineteen to thirty five. It has to kill them. 
Yeah. And and with no argument that this is what killed them, and it's got to be, and I hate to say the numbers, but I think it's got to be in the, in the half a million to a million before yeah. another lockdown will shut these people up. We're like, yeah, I think we do need to lock down until we figure this shit out. Right, and right. That's what it would take for another lockdown to happen. Otherwise, we'll just go out there and suck it up and go like, well, shit, if I get it, I get it. You know, that's what it, COVID ended up being. If I get it, I get it. I don't want to carry more. Well, power. hell, yeah, now we're at a level to like, Come to work today. I got COVID. All right. Yeah. Well, call me yeah. when you're better. And that was it. Yeah. It's like the flu now, and I and I believe it's going to be like that for a while, where it's just going to be like the flu. Yeah. You yeah. know. Now, Absolutely. Nothing, you know, it's going to kill some people, just like the flu well, does. But well, the Spanish flu killed millions of people, mm-hmm. uh, and it and it got to a point to where it's just the flu. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. no, yeah, you're right. You're right. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll you know. And that's how it's right. gonna turn up, and I know gotta go. So yeah, I, I I gotta grab something to eat, and it's it's way past my bedtime. Uh, we will. Uh, oh man, I have some more stuff in the docket, but we just didn't get to it. Of course, right, we'll get to it next week. Yeah, but we're at a ninety minute show <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Uh, you know what it is. We'll see you next week. All right, peace, everybody. <laughs>